How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, everyone. This is DJ. And this is Ish. And this is Season 5 of Pero Let Me Tell You. You didn't get served with legal papers on a st- on a stage giving a speech. This is true. <laughs> it could always be worse. Well, but thankfully, we're here now to brighten everybody's day. Yes, we're on the other side of episode 200. 201. That's right. We made it. We made 201. it. 201. Here we are. We made ha- it. Happy Friday, everyone. Welcome to Beto. Let me <sighs> tell you, episode 201. Man, it took 200 episodes to say that. You know, after the build-up to episode 200, this episode feels a little anticlimactic right I know, now. right? Like, the, like, like to introduce it, it's like it's 201. It's 201. 201. Yeah, whatever. But welcome, everyone. <laughs> happy Friday. How is everyone? I think everyone's doing great because it is Friday. Yes. It's not Monday. Friday so night. It's Friday night. Well, and Friday we, morning for many of you. And, and, well, yeah, damn it. You, by, by going into Friday morning, I was going to segue into the TGIF song. but Well, yeah, it's Friday night and the mood, mood is, is right. right. Yeah. We're going to have some fun, show you how it's done. TGIF. Well, what we were saying, everyone, was that <laughs> it's uh, Jason Sudeikis... Uh, wife or ex-wife. ex-wife or were they ever married? I don't think they were married. They're engaged, right? Um, they but they just share custody of their kids. Mm-hmm. Olivia Wilde. She was served with papers. She was giving a speech at. Uh, she was at CinemaCon, um, basically <laughs> about to present and talk about this movie that she was doing with her now boyfriend Harry Styles. Right. 
And somebody just went up on stage and literally. Oh, so she's a watermelon? Maybe. Maybe that's what she is. Um, although you should never call a woman a watermelon, I don't think. that's. <laughs> well, that's not what I was referring to. Oh, she's the watermelon. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, and this person just, you know, put a little, like, manila envelope on the stage. Right. And she was... It's you funny. got served. She was so complimented. She's like, oh, what's this? It feels like a script, you know? And no, <laughs> it was not. But you know what, though? I also <laughs> read that he had nothing to do with that. Well, that's the thing. Process servers, you don't necessarily tell them. No, 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 no. Process servers go use their own means. Right. But what's unfortunate is that he's He had to come out and say, like, Right, no, but but (laughs) he's the one who looks like a shady asshole. Right. Right? When maybe he just hired this pro I mean, I've I've hired process servers before, you know, my life. That's what I was gonna ask, yeah. And um I mean generally I mean, I've never had any, like, my cases are very run-of-the-mill. You've never or, had anybody presenting at CinemaCon? So, I mean, it was, you know, people's houses or right. maybe job at most. At most. But, but yeah, process servers will do whatever they have to do, you know. Why but, do they do that? Why do they do that? Like, these these types of outlandish things. Like, are these people who are just, like, dodging? Well, I think that hers. It's not like if you don't get served. I think that hers, the process server probably wanted to be a prick. I wanted okay. to to do you know because usually that's only the case when you're trying to evade service, right? You know when when you are purposely you've been after someone mm-hmm. for several attempts. Okay, but even if you don't get quote unquote served, just because you don't receive a paper doesn't mean that I can't sue you, does it? Yes and no because you can't sue. You could so, or proceed with so legal. So in a process when when a process server serves you with paperwork. It means that the lawsuit has already been filed. Okay, so this is right. happening. Right, so the lawsuit is filed, mm-hmm. and when the lawsuit is filed, the clerk of courts gives you a summons, mm-hmm. right? Which generally, that's what you serve to the other party, most of the time the defendant. Um, so you have to serve that person with the complaint. So this is the notice. Yeah, okay. and, and then the case cannot move forward until that person has been properly served. Now, really, yeah, the case can't move forward until the person is served. So, if somebody doesn't get served for three years, so there's different ways of doing this. Like, if you try to serve a person just for a really long time and they're evading service, and you know that they're evading service, mm-hmm. and you could show the court that they're evading service, then you could do something what's called service by publication, where okay. you put it in the like the daily business review. Oh, kind of like after someone passes away. With an estate, like, right, right. You could also do that, like when okay. somebody is, uh, if you're getting divorced, let's say, mm-hmm. and you're, you know, when you get uh, getting divorced, it's the same thing. It's uh, getting divorced is a lawsuit. You yeah, are, yeah, it's, you're, a, it's you're, a legal. You're thing, filing yeah. a a legal, um, a legal case against your soon to be ex spouse. Mm-hmm. So if you can't find that spouse because maybe they went to another country or whatever. Right. Eventually, you can ask the court to do what's called service by publication. In divorces, it's a little bit more common because okay. sometimes a person just moves. They, they leave. They move yeah, on with their life, right? right. right? Um, but with like a regular civil uh, case or in this case, that it, it's probably family law because I think it has it's something to custody, do with the yeah. kids. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't need to do that, especially with such a high-profile person. They, they, don't, they don't need yeah, to do that. Yeah, she would have gotten it. Yeah. yeah. They could have just gone to Coachella. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't serving the Jenners. <laughs> well, no, because Harry Styles was there. Oh, that's true. That's and she's true. Harry okay. Styles' uh, girlfriend. That's right. Girlfriend. Um, but yeah, that's really, that's messed up. Yeah. 
That's messed up. But it happens. It yeah. does happen. And it gave us an opening for the show. And it gave us an opening so, for the show. <laughs> so thank oh, you, yeah, Process so let, Server. So, so let, let, let's see. Let's see. Um, well, we kind of took a hiatus last week of, of talking about anything that was topical because it was just about us, which yes. is our favorite topic. Yes. So, you know, this this week we're like barreling we're, through we're with... Back we're back We're basics. catching up. We're catching up. We're, we're back to basics. So, oh yeah, let me ask you something. Mm-hmm. And our listeners, have you uh, quit Twitter yet? Well, I, I'm not on Twitter. Right. So, um, so what do we think of this Elon Musk thing buying Twitter? At the end of the day, it doesn't affect me because, again, I'm not on Twitter. So, for me, it's just somebody buying a thing I don't use <laughs> as it is. Um, I, I will say, I didn't know Elon Musk was such a person of contention up until, like, maybe a year ago. Yeah. Um, before that, thought he was a eccentric billionaire the CEO type of, of thing. Tesla. Yeah, like I didn't realize he was so reviled. Um, yeah, he is. I, I, I genuinely, the only reason I even started to know about that was because when he was hosting SNL, mm-hmm. um, you know, people were complaining, and I was like, I chico, let him host SNL, whatever, who cares? <laughs> um, you know, knowing now what I know, I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. I still don't care, but I get it. Um, I will say this, and uh, we we're on episode two hundred one. I have always said that Twitter is the cesspool of social media. So funny you use that word. So I don't... People are like all up in a frenzy. Like, it's going to be horrible. It's going to get worse. I'm like, but it's already just toxic. Somebody... It's more toxic than Britney's song. So so somebody um, who writes for NBC News... Oh, did they have an op-ed? Wrote about this. (laughs) Your favorite? Wrote. This is what they wrote about Elon Musk buying Twitter. Mm. They put... Instead of a platform for free speech, Twitter is going to be to going to become the cesspool of lies, misinformation, and trolling negative negativity. But that's what it and is I'm now. Like, but 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 that's exactly what it is. That's now. what it is, kids. Like Twitter has never been like. I think Twitter for ten minutes when it was launched was yeah. you know nice. Yeah. I actually have a Twitter example, right? Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I I've said it here in two hundred yeah. episodes. I only am on Twitter, and I joined Twitter maybe a year, year and a half ago. Yeah, when you started because working, since I'm working also in, in politics, yeah, the world of politics, you, you, there's you have to have Twitter, even if you don't tweet. I have questions about that, but go ahead. You have to have Twitter because you have to see what people are tweeting. Now, I have my own opinion about political Twitter, right? But I'm, I'm explaining that to yes, say yes, why yes, I'm yes, on yes, Twitter. Yes. So. Even the po- political Twitter, I really, I actually, I don't get involved. Do you know it's the only thing I really comment about in Twitter? <laughs> I comment about Mariah Carey. <laughs> <laughs> Which, if you've ever gotten into an argument with one of the lambs, is probably, right. it's probably better to get in, in right, right, with somebody right. from MAGA. But, but, but it's funny you say that, one of the lambs, because <laughs> I, so do you know what older Mariah Carey fans say? We were fans before lambs. Oh, I thought you called them, they were called goats. No, we were fans before lambs because I've been a fan of hers before that since, term existed since yeah. the very beginning. Yeah. And not all these freaking little kids that are like, oh my God, I started <laughs> listening to Mariah Carey when Touch My Body came out. I'm like, really? I was like, <laughs> I'd already graduated law school when that happened, you know? Um, You're so behind the so, curve. But the reason I'm saying that is because, you know, it's entertainment. So it's fluffy. It's fluffy, right, right, right. So somebody this week on Twitter regarding Mariah Carey, put something that, like, she doesn't get enough credit as a songwriter and a producer. Which you've said many times on this show. Right. And I responded to that, and I said something along the lines of, like, 
Unfortunately, she doesn't. And, you know, the fact that, you know, when in her first several albums, she was so commercialized because she was like the face of Sony and Columbia Records and she was married to Tommy Mottola, you know, uh, that takes away a little bit of her cred because people are going to think that she's manufactured, blah, 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 part of the big machine, Mm -hmm. although really she's not. So that was sort of my tweet. Mm-hmm. Oh, you have to see what people respond. And mind you, but I, you were defending. I her. even put. I have been a fan of hers since her very first song. I'm old mm-hmm. enough. I, I I didn't get my age, but I was like, I'm old enough to know when she debuted. Have, yeah, right. Been a big part of her debut. And you have to see what people responded. Oh, because you know your ignorance is leaving out the, your, my ignorance is leaving out the fact that you know that she people hate her because she's beautiful and she's sexy. And I'm like, but what does that have to do with anything? I don't know. I don't know. And another person was like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about because you know people people think. Mind you, you were defending her, right? Right. <laughs> but the reason I bring that up was because number, I was defending her, right? Right. You weren't even arguing. I also know how to. Right, <laughs> and I know how to write very clearly. What right? you're saying, right, right, and you're not I'm very articulate, especially when I write. Um, and here, like these people were like attacking me, and I'm like, this is why, this is why, because you can't get something more not important right. than talking about a singer, right, right. And here are like people like attacking you that they don't que no saben nada over. But also, Entertainment. but also attacking you when they are agreeing with you, right? But the, but, 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 but what I mean but, is now now picture it somebody who disagrees with you, right? But that goes to the what we're saying that right. just Twitter's gross. It's it's gross. Twitter and, is the worst, and, and you know it's it's one of those things that like people are always complaining about trolling and always complaining about Twitter and how nasty people are on Twitter. But then why are you on Twitter? <laughs> well, that's the question that I was going to ask you because you know you you've said and, and there's a truth to it. That you now are quote unquote on Twitter, you know, to whatever capacity, because you know you're working in the realm of politics and you have to be there and this, that, and the other. My question is, why did the world of politics decide that it had to be on Twitter? I, because honestly, it's just a bunch of people in a big old circle jerk. Dando se okay, I'm so happy you mentioned that because it's just a bunch I, of people I, I, who live to apparently go on there just to get upset. Right. I'm I'm happy you you mentioned that. Because I believe the same exact thing. So I follow, obviously, a lot of people that are liberal and progressive because, you know, that's why I am. That's your right. right? And, And I'm not talking here about politicians. I'm talking about everyday people that have a large Twitter following. Okay. And I'm like, esta gente trabajan. Because they spend the entire day on Twitter. They spend the they tweet like ten times a day. Right? And I'm here thinking like political Twitter. Like I could understand a candidate or a politician using Twitter That's her job. as a, a form of communication. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this is what I'm doing this week. This is my schedule. I'm gonna be here. Right. I'm gonna be there today. We're right. introducing See you this in Poughkeepsie. Bill. You know, all that. Right. right? Because at the end of the day, it is a form of communication. But like Political Twitter, in terms of regular people mm-hmm. and and people that have large followings on Twitter that are political, it's to me it's such a waste of time because you're talking to echo chambers, you absolutely right? Are. Because what happens? 
you're talking to people that think like you. So everybody that thinks like you is going to be like, yeah, yeah, you right. tell them. Right. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, yeah, you're, yeah, what you, you're saying is true. Right, right. And, you know, and these people have to go down because they're all liars and all that. But then the people that are not in your echo chamber, that your your ideological opponents, right. right, are like, fuck you. And right. you suck. And blah, 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 blah. You're not changing your mind. Nobody on political Twitter is having discourse. Oh, that's not what Twitter's right? for. Right, and then also, also, you know the stats about Twitter. I think only 12% of the population is on Twitter. It's nothing. It's nothing, and then that's just Twitter as a whole, right? right? Political Twitter is an even smaller number of Right, that. because most people probably follow celebrities. Right, and, so right. political Twitter, I don't know the exact number, but it's less than 12%. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let's say it's 6%. Let's say that half, half. half of the people on which Twitter. Which is probably not true. Which is probably not 6%. Right. So, but let's say it's six. Well, of that 6%, right? You half, agree with three. Right. You agree with three. <laughs> right. right. Which is not really three. So you're going out all of your way. And again, this is saying that it's a healthy 6%, right? Right. right. So you're putting all this effort for 3% of the population. Right. Really? Right. Because that's not how you win votes, people. That's not how you win votes. That's not how you change minds. No. That's not how you get your message out there, you know, through political Twitter. And like, I see these people, people that I know. People that I know that están en diente tweeting, 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 tweeting. Oh, you know, Ron DeSantis is a jerk. Retweet if you agree with me. Oh, you know, Trump and his cronies are going to go down. Retweet if you agree with me. And I'm like, pero tú no trabaja. You don't have anything else to do. Like, no, 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 I mean, don't you work? Like, don't you have hobbies? Like, you know, like, take up know. gardening. Don't you have like a significant other or like some things? Because I, I just. I, I, again, as a form of communication in terms of, you know, this is my platform. This is what we're doing. This is what I'm, I'm, I, I'm, doing. Ho I'm holding a meet and greet here. Right. If you're a candidate, right. oh, tomorrow we're going to have a town hall. See me on, you know, uh, this show press right, on right. Sunday, you know, as a form of communication. Yes, obviously. Yes. But that's not what most people go on Twitter for. No, it's, it's, and I remember before I joined Twitter, I mean, we've had 200 episodes. So we've been on the air almost five years um you would tell me because i was not on twitter right. so i didn't really know the twitter the twitter verse sphere you know and when i got on it i'm like this is like worse than you, like anybody ever told me like it's 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 just terrible yeah just terrible and it feeds it's it, it's a it's a self-feeding monster yeah because it's it's that thing of like I'm going to post something i disagree with you but i disagree with you disagreeing with me well i disagree that you disagree with me disagreeing with you and it's like what are you getting out of this? Yeah. What are you getting out and of this? And everybody is appalled. <laughs> and everybody is an expert. Oh, well, yes, yes, yes. Right. Everybody's right. appalled. Everybody's an expert. Everybody knows someone. Right. Right? Yeah, so, yeah. and it's like, wow. And you know what? As far as Elon Musk buying Twitter, my problem with it is less ideological and more... Um, in terms of power, like I don't think that one person should have that much power over such a huge global, social media global platform. Right, mm -hmm. global yeah, platform. I agree. I, I I don't think that just because, and I believe this is sort of a hostile takeover that somebody because well, he just woke up one day and he's like, "Hey, you want this money?" And they're like, right. "Okay." That somebody because they're I, don't so, I don't know if that qualifies as hostile, if, but if, if they're so if he's so rich and powerful that anybody can just be like, "Oh, I'm bored today. I'm going to buy Twitter. Or I'm going to buy this. Or I'm going to right. buy that." That that's more of my problems with that. As far as people jumping off of Twitter, I mean, look, again, in 200 episodes... The people who are jumping off Twitter are the same people who, quote-unquote, jumped off Spotify. Right, but but it, it, everybody knows where I stand ideologically. You know, he has not said what he's going to do with Twitter. He right. 
the sale hasn't even gone through. Right. And there's already people, you know, the sky is falling. I mean, this is no different than when, you know, the right left Instagram and Facebook mm -hmm. for what was it? Parlor? Yeah. For Parlor? And, oh, oh they, they left Twitter for Parlor. Uh, uh, what? They left Twitter. Well, and they left Instagram. <laughs> right, oh, right, right, know, right. I'm canceling all my account and gave the finger to Mark Zuckerberg and to Twitter, you know. Right. Um, oh, I'm going to Parlor. Well, you're doing the same thing. Right, because actually, I would say it's even more premature. Right, right, <laughs> right. The only thing I ask Elon to do is put an edit button. Oh yeah, because there's no edit button. You're right. I will say what I find interesting is from a from, you know, from my my day job perspective, is there's all these think pieces now and like Ad Age and Ad Week about like you know advertisers' concerns over Twitter and you know what this means and will they leave? And I'm thinking, why are they still there? What? Why are ad why are advertisers even still on Twitter in its current form? I don't know. Because if you have such a problem with the what it might quote unquote become, again, like we just said, it's not going from a utopia to a dystopia. It's already a problematic as fuck platform. It is. It is. I you know, and again, this is something that we've talked about many times and you know, the span of two hundred episodes. You, you casually drop it in there. I, you've been studying Thalia. <laughs> I just miss and that's gone forever. That is not coming back. The days of innocent social media. It's never coming back. I mean, back. I, again, I think about my MySpace days, especially mm -hmm. that's when I was up in, in Michigan. Mm -hmm. You know, I was far from my friends and family. How, like, we would all post pictures. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I remember... Catching up, yeah. And I remember, you know, when you, when you joined MySpace, like, all your friends from, like, high school would join. Oh, my God, look at this person and all that. You know how everybody so would, like in good faith right. shared their pictures and all that stuff and it wasn't about politics and it wasn't about ideology it was just a good faith you know and what and also it, it, you know we always talk about social media being ruined by politics and all that but it's been ruined by a lot of things because you know what I just, I am so over, like, the good-looking influencer or, like, the good-looking, you know, even if they're not an influencer, maybe if they're a micro-influencer. Well, they're, they're, they're aspiring influencers. Right, but, like, the right. hot people. It's like, oh, my God, I've already seen this a million times. I was actually having this conversation the other day with, with a friend of ours um, so we went out having some drinks and whatever, and we were talking about that, and he was saying, he's like, you know, I'm just tired of, like, on Instagram, if I click on, like, you know, one profile pic of somebody it's everything uh, that comes uh, out on your right, page of somebody who's like hot but maybe i didn't click on them because they're hot i click because they're hot but they're also funny or i whatever that's it yeah yeah, yeah. you're done you're done yeah. it's you're just gonna be served all these you know and the whole thing also with that's such a turn off from instagram is the algorithm you know which they I, recently changed i, back I have people on 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 Instagram that mm -hmm. I have followed for years since I joined Instagram in 2015 that never come up on my feed. They, never. Yeah, no, Insta actually, they recently changed that where you, um, they reverted back to, I think it's the, what they call like the chronological timeline. Mm -hmm. So if you go through it now, what they, what they have is it's based on the people you follow when they posted. What they'll do is in between like every three or four, three. let's say. They put a sponsored they, post or a suggested or post. Or a suggested post. Suggested yes, post. It's yeah, every yeah, three. Yeah. And every suggested post, I click on the little thing. Do not show me suggested post for 30 days. I made them. Yeah. 
Uh, but again, it's like I'm so over like the wannabe hot people. It's like you know what? Once you see one person yeah. in in underwear or lingerie or whatever, yeah, you're hot. Oh wow! But, Good yeah, for you, but... I mean, yeah, oh my god! Like you're Congrats. another person trying to be hot on Twitter. I'm sorry, on Instagram with like a million filters and angles and all that. And granted, we're all guilty to that because yeah. you know. That's not the what the reason I'm on Instagram, but I curate my pictures to a certain extent. I do not. No, I know. I know you don't. <laughs> right. I am still a pure Instagram right. user. I mean, I'm, I'm like, okay, yeah, no, I'm not posting that. Or like, okay, this is a flattering picture. This I'll post. I mean, how but- many times haven't I posted that picture of me that looks like I'm from under a bridge? Yeah, but you're a different example. But, you know, there's there's reasonable curation. <laughs> I like that term, right? Reasonable, reasonable curation. curation. That's like vaguely specific. <laughs> right. There's reasonable curation and then there's, you know, what we're talking about. There's manicure. There's a manicure. <laughs> so, um... This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. We know things can feel overwhelming from jobs to family to relationships, even finances. And despite the stigma from Hispanic families about airing our dirty laundry, we can all use someone to talk to during those moments of stress. Well, we're here to remind you that there's no shame in admitting that you need to speak with someone to work towards improving mental well-being. That's where BetterHelp comes in to, well, help. A customized online therapy provider, they offer therapy options on your time, whether it's via phone, video, text, or even live chat sessions with a therapist. BetterHelp's customized approach matches you with a therapist in under 48 hours, based on what you're experiencing to help you better understand yourself. And as a special offer for Pero Let Me Tell You listeners, you can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com pero. It's already more affordable than in-person therapy, and now you can save on your first month. Everyone deserves to be happy, and BetterHelp has helped millions take their first step on that path. That's betterhelp.com slash pero. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast episode. Anyway, so... There's a story I want to share with you and with okay. our listeners that happened to me um, actually yesterday. Oh, okay. And, you know, w- while you and I both say this, when something happens to us or we come across something, I always want to be like, let me call you and tell you. But I'm like, but nope, nope. topic. <laughs> exactly. So so I want to I want to share with something with you guys. Okay. So um, yesterday I had a doctor's appointment and it was a, a 9 a.m. appointment and... Um, it was for my my CPAP, and um, for me, like it was a quick appointment because mm-hmm. um, I've already been on the CPAP thing for like yes, I'm on a CPAP machine. <laughs> it changed my life, people. He sleeps now. Yes, for those of you, especially I mean, women use CPAP too. But for those of you yeah. who think you might have sleep apnea or whatever, you know, whatever, and you're not sleeping well, and you think you may be a candidate, <laughs> I, I sound like a spokesperson. You do. Like, I mean, let me tell you something. It is listen a, the C- the it CPAP is a game changer. The CPAP is the only reason Jose and I are still together. It is a game changer, and it's not uncomfortable because it looks uncomfortable. Which one do you have again? I have the nose pillow. Okay, like Jose. Right. It it looks uncomfortable, but it's not. Yeah. Actually, I love to feel the air going up my nose. <laughs> 
<laughs> and when you saw it, how I when yep. we were in LA, that I was like, I literally fell asleep in the middle of the highway driving. <laughs> like, yeah, I'd be like, Are you okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, so little side story. So yes, if you're thinking that you may have sleep apnea, get tested. You yes. won't regret. You won't regret it. You're gonna love your CPAP machine. It's like. You're airy. <laughs> yep. And they don't charge you extra to carry it on, on an airplane. Yeah, you made the hands out outside everything else. Exactly. It's like right. going to Cuba. It's like going to Cuba. La cuarenta libra. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, I made the hand. I made the sazón goya, <laughs> las cadenas, <laughs> los aretes, los aretes, <laughs> you know, the pantyhose. <laughs> anyway, um, so I was going, I had an appointment yesterday and it was a quick appointment. It was just to calibrate the machine and kind of okay, see the data yeah. and all that. So it was going to be a quick appointment. So my appointment was at nine and I actually, my my doctor's office is very close to my house, which is close to Tristan school. So after I dropped off Tristan in school, I went straight there. So I got there like at 8.45. I got okay, there Okay, so early. you were early. I was early. So when I got there, there were two women already waiting there in Older white woman, mm-hmm. white Caucasian, okay. and a Haitian woman. And I knew that she was Haitian because I heard her accent. Okay. And I'm like, okay, she's Haitian. Um, and they were there because they were there early too. So I go, I check in. Now, do you go maskless to places already? I do. Okay. I've, I've eased up on the mask yeah. to certain places. But the doctor's office, I it's, was like, yeah, 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 let me take my mask. Traditionally, sick people go there. Just in, <laughs> right. Well, I mean, this was a sleep no, study but, place. But, but, but I'm like, you know, let me just take the mask because it's healthcare and whatever. Mm-hmm. So, and I always have, you know, I always have tons of masks on me. Um, so I went in and I actually went in with my mask covering just my face, my mouth, mouth not my nose. So I go in, you know, I check in, I sit down. So, because I was early, right. there was just the three of us. Okay. Bueno. A las nueve, that place got packed. Oh, wow. Right, because there was several nine o'clock appointments. Oh, so everybody showed up at everybody like showed up at, at like <laughs> nine o'clock. Right. 8.59, nine o'clock. Right. So, first comes in a lady and her friend, and they sit down. Then comes in another lady. Then comes in another lady. So, at this point in time, there are five... Six people in the waiting room. Okay. Right? And it's a small waiting room. Mm-hmm. Right? So, but everybody had a mask on. Okay. Okay? Then comes in this guy, probably in his 20s. Okay. And he did not have a mask on. Okay. And he comes in and he checks in. And I, I, I imagine he was a new patient because they give him the clipboard and they're asking oh, him for, for all the like, your insurance information a new patient. and blah, blah, blah and all that stuff. So he was at like the the window a little bit longer. Okay. Yampeso. The older white lady. Um, excuse me. Can you please put on a mask? Well, he doesn't have to. And he kind of dismissed her. Right. He didn't say anything. And then it got the other lady riled. Oh, and they were okay. Let me give you a little bit of preface and and and, and <laughs> listeners. They were already a little riled up because before the, those people arrived, like uh-huh. the nine o'clock gang. Okay, back when it was still a reboot of Three's right, Company. Right. The <laughs> the Haitian lady was like, when, you know, we've been waiting. When are they going to let us in? And the, the the person in the desk was like, ma'am, your appointment is at 9 a.m., right? You could have gotten here an hour early, but yeah. if your appointment is at 9 a.m. <laughs> and there's nobody appoint- here. Your appointment is at 9 a.m. Right. So yeah, they were a little, you know. Okay. And, and they, they, they estaban dando cranque, okay. you know, the two ladies. So yeah, that's we got off to a bad start. So 
so the guy comes in. There's six. He's the seventh person in a small waiting room. Okay. And the lady was like, put your mask on. You know, you should be wearing a mask and whatever. And he, he didn't say anything. Right. Pero seguían. Oh, because, you know, you're being irresponsible. Put on, put on a mask. And then she got the other ladies riled up. She started riling everybody the up. The ones that came in after her, you know, after me, Leo. And she was like, oh, yeah, you should put on a mask. Because, you know, this is a really small room. And, you know, and I have anxiety. You know, and you know that I'm totally pro-mask. I've always been pro-mask. I've always been, you know, uh, I've always criticized people mm -hmm. that lose their shit because there's a mask mandate. It's right. like, you know. First yeah. world problems. Definitely. Um, yeah. And the door said mask uh, suggested but not required. Well, because that's where we are now. Right. So they all get riled up and la cogen con el pobre chiquito. Like the poor guy. You know, it's like, damn. You know, oh, you know, you should be wearing a mask because, you know, you think that because you're young, you could do whatever you want. And now it's like, okay, now you're you're speaking on behalf of the guy, right? Right, right? Oh, you think that because you're young, you could do whatever you want and blah, 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 blah. And they got so riled up that the office manager came out and said, excuse me, if any of you have a problem with him not wearing a mask, then you could go wait outside. Don't worry that when you're, it's your turn, I will go outside and get you. Being she, like, Being and she's like and a lady was like the one of the, like the ladies was like oh but you know there's so many people in here and you you know you shouldn't make people wear a mask and she's like ma'am we're a private we're a private office yeah, we can do and you know want. we're following the cdc guidelines if you have a problem with that you could contact the cdc she was like Boom. she was not putting up with the yeah, bullshit the office manager was like yeah not today not today <laughs> not today satan <laughs> not today so when she said that, they got... I'm just picturing you literally at this point sitting back and mentally recording everything. And that's exactly so what was happening. I'm like, this is going on the podcast. So, but this is not what oh, doesn't end there. Oh, okay. Oh, so after the office manager... So she's already told everybody what to do. Yes. Left. Oh, oh, because, you know, that's the problem that people don't give a shit about this. Yeah, yeah. People are getting, you know, yeah, right, next up. level. Yeah. 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 Oh, the people don't give a shit about this. And, you know, this this guy here without a mask and the guy very politely was like, ma'am, I'm vaccinated and boosted. Right. Right. I'm okay. I don't even have a mask. Well, you know, there's a Walgreens right there on the corner. Then go buy a mask, you know, because you're so, you know, you're young and all you young people, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh, my God. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm like, I'm about to say something. And then this is why I brought this up. The white Caucasian lady says, you fucking Hispanic ass. No, you fucking Hispanic piece of shit. Right when she said that, the door opens. Darian <laughs> and I, Darian Borges, and I'm like, now. <laughs> I was like, oh. so I go in. Uh -huh. When the doctors talk, no, when the nurse practitioner comes and she takes my blood pressure, I don't even know what she said because I was so, so red, enraged. I'm surprised they didn't make you do the blood pressure again. I was so <laughs> enraged that I was like. I got to tell this woman something. I have to say something because you know what? It is true. When you see something like that, you have to speak up. Yeah. yeah. You have see something, say to something. speak up. And I was like, oh my God, I, I was about to tell the nurse practitioner. I'm like, can you hold on right one back. minute? BRB. 
But she was like, no, 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 the doctor's coming to see you and it's going to be really quick. The doctor was there calibrating the machine and telling me all these things. And I'm like, Dada, I gotta get out of here. They could have given you the meaning of life. You would not have heard it. I was like, no, no. I'm like, sleep, sleep apnea. No, no, I'm going to have a heart attack. <laughs> an embolism <laughs> like, like give, give me my stuff and he's like oh I go to the front desk to make your appointment in three months I'm like can I call later to make the appointment <laughs> like I have to go to I somebody to, to go get fuck out. themselves so I go I got my machine and she was still there they were all still there I was in and out in like 10 minutes okay they were all still there so I got my machine and you know I'm very diplomatic uh, to a point I got you know I'm there I she was sitting right by the exit I have my back to the door with my hand on the door handle. Mm. And I go, ma'am, next time you want to tell someone to wear a mask, you shouldn't. And I did the air quotations. You shouldn't be so you shouldn't be such a fucking ignorant, racist prick. Have a great day. And I walked away. <laughs> and as I was saying that to her, I looked at the guy and I nodded. at him. <laughs> and I was like, I got you. <laughs> Well, not really. You left them there. Well, well no, 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 no. But, but <laughs> I had to say that. I was like, right, you fucking, yeah. Next time you want to tell somebody to put a mask, don't be such a fucking ignorant, racist uh, prick. That's what I said. No, piece of shit. I used the same language that she said. And I left. And I was like, I feel good today. Conquer the world. Yeah, yeah. Fuck like you. It's like, what I think is... Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. What always... What, okay, okay. What, 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 How what, does it what, always what, just evolve to that? Okay, what I always think about this is that I, like you, like a lot of people... We get mad at people. We get mad pe- at people of all ethnicities, colors, and races. I am equal opportunity hater. Right, right, right. Never in all the things that I are going through my head that I'm going to tell you or that I want to be like, or about that, is to attack your race, ethnicity. Something that you sex, cannot change. Whatever. <laughs> like, it, that has never crossed my... Like, I've never gone there. Like, right, right. I, I may go other places. Like, you right. piece of shit. You, right, right. You, like... Hijo de la gran puta. Right, like, right, yeah. nacido. Right. But never in my tirade against you... Are you going to call somebody's ethnicity? Has it even crossed my mind? Right. So, it's just... I always find it... I find it disturbing, but... Interesting at the same time. In, in a, a, a perverse That humor. there's people that like the smallest little thing, they go there. It's because you're black. 
It's because you're this. It's because right. you're all right. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 fucking Hispanic piece of shit. And I'm like, but, 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 but how did we go? Y el muchacho, he didn't say anything. El muchacho, the kid was probably like 25 years old. He was probably like, fucking shut up, boomer. You know, like. <laughs> just die already. Just like, oh, leave me alone. He was one of those, you know, sometimes when right, you're that right. young. I think when you're that young, you go one of two. You're either like, no, you know, right. or you're like, whatever. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's like. Whatever. And that's sort of what he was. And I saw that when I left, he had his AirPods on. So he was So he was like He done. was done. He was done. Right. He was like, say whatever you want to say. I'ma listen to some machine gun Kelly. Oh yeah. 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 Right. But it was just so like I felt like I had I mean, I had to say something because I was like it was eating me up alive. And you know what? And people like that, you need to stop them. You you know, you, you need to Tell them. Put them in their place. Yeah, you need to put them in their place. Because, it, I mean, that's always unacceptable. But, man, something as, like, rudimentary as this was, like, we were just... Again, I, I, and, and look, like we've said many times, you wore a mask, I wore a mask. I mean, not now. I'm I'm way more lax about it. But if I walked into a place and somebody didn't have a mask, tú no te quieres poner la máscara, no te pongas la máscara. I don't care. Yo me lo voy a poner. And we're fine. Like... Yeah. What the fuck is it your problem? Yeah, whether I mean, somebody look, wears been, it or not. I've been I've been in places recently where let's say it's a crowded elevator and somebody comes in, somebody's gonna come in and even they're not wearing a mask and they're like, you know what, I'll wait for the next elevator. But it's on you. Right, it's on you. Right. right. That's why I liked when the office manager was like, Oh, if you're uncomfortable or anxious, you can wait outside. I'll There's t- a lovely courtyard, you know, <laughs> with a fountain and there is very relaxing with a fountain yeah. and, and benches and go I'll go outside and get you. Don't worry. Right. Right? But you're the one with the problem. Like you're the one who's annoyed. Right. Especially, you know, I could understand if this was a year ago or two years ago. If this was like two months know. after it started. Right. Yeah. But but we're in a different time now. And again, everybody knows we're both pro pro-vaxxers, right. pro-mask, right, right, right. but again, th- but but this is not even the issue here. This, right. this is not even why I no, brought no, it No, 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 but, but, but that's it's, what, it's it, the it, fact it, it, it that, you know, in Miami, Florida, which is a predominantly, predominantly yeah. Latino. Latin area, you know, you still have racist pricks out there, and that's why you got to tell them in their face. As and, you, you know, and I love, I, 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 I love telling people like that off in a diplomatic way because I think that always catches people off guard, you know? Because they expect you to be like, fucking bitch, you know? Right, right. And I was like, have a great day. (laughs) And then I just walked away because I was like, I ain't engaging with you. Like, if I were you, I would have called back the office and been like, la vieja racista esa. (laughs) Ya se fue. Ya se fue. Or did she get even more riled up after I left? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, ma'am, you need more than a CPAP machine. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm not going to say what I think she needs. <laughs> so, so yes, listeners, the point is, when you meet somebody who's a racist prick, you tell them off. And then some. And then share your stories on Pero Let Me Tell You. Yes, let us know. We're, Please we're, DM us and let us know. We'll be more than happy to share your stories of stopping racists. That should be a segment in our show. Stop. And this week, on, stop, stop the racism. On, on this week, stopping the racist segment. <laughs> Can you imagine? Jimmy from North Carolina tells us of an encounter that he had at Trader Joe's. <laughs> I'm sure that has happened. Right. I am certain. Although I don't think Trader Joe's is a breeding ground for racists. But then again. You'd be surprised. But then again. They're, listen, they're very affordable. Everybody loves true. a bargain. That is true. Yeah. So I actually, I saw somebody post something on Instagram. It, it looks like it's some type of 
whatever, like an account or something. That's not a person. That I read it and I wanted to to read it to you because it seems to me I, I actually kind of chuckled because as I'm reading it, I could tell that it was written by white people. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's literally so. Here's the post. It says, you know, it's all it's like pretty with colors and whatever. It says. Come home and bring your laundry. Just come home. I don't understand the whole I got them to 18 method as a parent. Having children is a lifetime commitment. Maybe I'm just different, but I want my kids to come take groceries and toilet paper out of my cabinets when they're 25. I want them to stop for dinner when it's their favorite meal at age 34. I want to watch their eyes sparkle when they're opening gifts they wanted for Christmas at 40. I want them to know I'm one call away and it doesn't stop at age 18. They are forever my kids, not temporary assignments. Always come home. And all I could think of was like... by any Latin parent. Right, and all I could think of was like, we don't have to say that. (laughs) Like, it's so given. Like, as I'm reading this, I'm like, this is... This is definitely not a black parent. This is not an Italian parent. This is not a Latino parent. This is a wasp. Yeah. Like, this is the most white Anglo-Saxon yeah. Protestant thing yeah. I've ever read in my life. Typ- typical call that I get in the week from my parents. Oye, estamos haciendo garbanzo para el niño. <laughs> eh, vamos a pasar por allá más tarde para llevarle los garbanzo al niño. <laughs> <laughs> and then Why Tristan's you- like, Tristan's like, ay. Garbanzos again? <laughs> I'll eat them. <laughs> but, you know. You've never offered me the garbanzos. Okay, well, next time I will. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm like, but that's our life now. Right. That's why I just, I was like, you know what? I'll just I mean, I totally because, agree with that sentiment. But, but we don't have to say it. I, I feel like for us, it's just, no, that's duh. hashtag growing up Hispanic. Right. <laughs> like, it's just like, uh-huh, and. Uh-huh, and. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, one of the most culture shock moments I've had and I've said this story several times on the podcast in 200 episodes um, was the time that when I was up in Michigan uh, drink um, (laughs) that a few of friends of mine uh, all you know white girls you know from like the Midwest and New England were talking about some guy that they liked that they thought he was like cute and they're like oh yeah but he's such a loser because he lives at home with his parents and I'm like how old is he and he's like oh 24 25 I'm like well um, <clears throat> um I'm 24 and prior to me coming yeah, up here like, I'm not with my parents now <laughs> uh, I only do not live with my parents now because we're in a different state because I'm here right because <laughs> Otherwise, if they lived even an hour away, I would be living with my parents. Like, because that's just what you do. Well, you, but you had a friend up there who lived about an I hour had a friend away up there who lived from their parents. Who lived an hour away from her parents, and she wouldn't see her parents until term break. And I'm like, wait, what? I'm like, if I lived an hour an hour away from my parents, I would commute. Yeah, like, like why would I not? <laughs> like that would if if I lived an hour away from my parents, commuting to school. That wouldn't have even been, like, a thought. Right, to not commute. Right. I I always say this that when my cousin... Oh, yeah, you've told the story here. When my cousin was... I don't know. He was was in his 20s. No, late 20s? He was, like, in his late 20s, almost 30. Oh, okay. When he started working for NBC West Palm. Yes, in Palm, yeah. What? Two counties up. (laughs) A full 90 minutes with traffic. With traffic on (laughs) I-95. Um, he moved to West Palm because you know the commute from here to West Palm on the on the daily. Okay, that will be a little too fair, right? Fair. Um, although you can take the Bright Line, 
Yes, you can. You can take it now. Well, um, now. But now, but not then. He moved to West Palm. To West Palm, which, again, <laughs> for those listeners who are not uh, from South Florida, is two. There's Miami-Dade County, Broward, and West, West Palm. Palm. Yeah. And Broward is not a large county. So it's not like, you You're know. like in and out. One of these counties that lasts like 400 miles, right? Right. Um, when my cousin moved to West Palm, my aunt... Almost died. She's like, no, he doesn't play that like Oh my god! Oh my god! I'm like, but he's in West Palm. Like, like, like you can literally just go on a weekend. Yes, like, I think they listen to Y100 there too. Like, they do. It is. We are still within the yeah, yeah. If you're still listening to Y100 and Power 96 and all that, you're good. You're good. You're, you're good. Yeah, yeah. And this was like drama, drama that I remember that. Este weekend vamos a ir a visitar a Rogelito. And I'm like, like if he lived in, you know, Estonia. Like... <laughs> Estonia. You know where? That would be quite a drive. Right? Yes, it would right? be. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, we talked about that a hundred times. I just, that is something that has always, I, I, I mean... Again, we yeah we say it all the time. I think it's the biggest difference in in, in terms of culture. Between, I literally passed by my parents' house on the way here tonight. Yeah, <laughs> that's a different the difference between Hispanic culture, I think, and like white American culture yeah. um, is that you, you know, it, and and in a way, it, it all depends on the way that you see it, right? Because the white perspective, I don't hate it either because. You know, from, it's about independence. From, from their point of view, and, and you can't criticize it, it's like, I'm going to give you all the tools that you need right. to set you up. Now go. I'm going to set you up. Now go. Now we are going to enjoy our life. Right. We're gonna, we we paid our dues. We raised our children. We did our job. We did our job. We set you to go out right. there. It's you your know, turn. We gave you a nice little nest egg. You know, now we're going to get on a Winnebago and go. Or <laughs> get on a... Cosmos tour of Europe and go. We are going cruising. Whereas <laughs> us, you know, right. it's like La Niña. <laughs> Actually, I have another really funny story that um, that I know I haven't said in the podcast. Oh. So regarding this topic, and I know I haven't said it. Have I Some, heard the story? I'm sure you, well, of course you have. <laughs> Some years ago, I was at Kendall Regional Hospital with, I don't know why I was there because... I feel like Kendall Regional Hospital, everybody's family goes there. At some point. At some point. Yeah. So when I think of my times there, I'm like, I don't even know who was there at the time. Yeah, I yeah. just know that I was there. And I was I was in some office waiting for something. Obviously, it wasn't for me. It was, I don't know what I was doing there. But I was in some office waiting for something. And there was a lady who worked there talking to her co-worker. Okay. And she's like, I porque, and this was during Christmas. Okay. And she's like, I, and I remember this perfectly well. Like, I'm like, it's happening right now in front of me. I porque, and I remember the guy's name was Freddy. I porque, es que Freddy, ahora viene la crisma, y sabe, niña, que tengo que comprarle, ir a comprarle los regalos, porque si yo no le compro los regalos a Freddy, entonces imagínate, tú sabes cómo son los muchachos, no hacen nada, y él tiene que comprarle regalos a no sé quién, y a fulano, y a fulano, y bla, 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 and no, 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 porque Freddy es un loco, y es un irresponsable, y no, 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 siempre es lo mismo, siempre es lo mismo. Freddy es solo piece of work. Freddy no hace nada, y yo le digo, Freddy, Freddy, 
tienes que comprar esto. Y todo soy yo. And the lady asked her, ay, ¿qué edad tienes, Freddy? Ay, 52 años. 52. And I was like, wow. Even for like, hashtag growing up Hispanic. I'm like, even for my standards, that's a little. Because the way that you talk, she was talking about it, it sounded like a 20-year-old guy. You know, like. 52. Maybe a 20-year-old guy that worked someplace. And, you know, it would be nice if he gave like his boss. Or right, his right, 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 like, right. You know, a present for Christmas. Right, 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 right. You know, un acuerdo. Right. You know, just a little something. And, you know. Especially guys, you know, that are that young, you know. They don't really know how to, yeah, You know, yeah, they yeah, don't yeah. fight back at racist people in, uh. Right, as we, <laughs> yeah, so, so he doesn't know how to buy. Right, right, so, and this guy is, like, not on top of presents. So, I could totally see that setup, right? Okay. Right? But, no, 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 Freddy was 52. 52. Yeah. Talk about failure to launch. <laughs> Sarah Jessica Parker would have a field day with him. Yeah, yeah. So, but I love it. I love it. I love it that my parents are, you know, in my business. <laughs> Your parents, I feel... Well, no. No, because your parents call you a lot, too. They call me a lot. Actually, I helped my mother just this morning make an appointment for a COVID test. Yeah. Yeah. And what what I especially love about the stories about your mom is that your mom was raised here. Your mom went to high school here. My like, mom got here, like, I think maybe fifth grade. Right. Like, so like, she, yeah. So she she's been here her whole life. I mean... Yeah, so it's like, I love the fact that, you know, she doesn't put gas in her car. She does now. She does now? No, like, the other. Really? Well, who... Uh, because the thing is also, like, there are times where, like, you know, she has... Because, remember... So your she, mom started to put gas in her car in her late 50s, early 60s. Yes, because, remember, now that my mother drives down to Homestead to visit my grandmother, whatever, there are just times where she has to put gas in right. the car. Right. But, yes, my mother still to this day laments the, you know, death of the full service station. She needs to move to Oregon. Or New Jersey. Or New Jersey. But in New Jersey, is it optional or is it mandatory? I think it's mandatory because I know it's mandatory in Oregon. In Oregon, it is. Yeah. I and I found out when I was driving in Oregon, the first time I got off the gas, <laughs> and I'm there, and the man's like, what are you doing? I'm like, gassing my car. And he's like, you can't gas your car here. And I'm like, what do you mean? This is a gas station. Were you, like, like, were you getting ready to be all, you fucking racist? No, like, no, because, I, because there was an exchange that happened. I'm like, what do you mean I can't gas my car here? It's a gas station. He's like, sir, this is full service. I'm like, but I want self-service. But there was a back and forth. And he told me, and I think he... Finally, right, right. realized tourist, like, yeah. in Oregon, it's all mandatory full service. Right, right. So I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> well then, let me get back in my car. And you do your thing. And I remember when he was gassing the car, I felt very uncomfortable. Well, yeah, what do you do? I was like, do I say thank you? Do I tip him? Do I just sit here? Do I put on the radio? I do we talk? I like, <laughs> what is the protocol? Like, what do we do? <laughs> I remember the full service station growing up. No, me too. But. I do. And I remember, but again, I was a kid, so I was like in the back seat. But I, yeah, my mother would just drive up and she'd be like, you know, yeah, fill her up or pon de or here's yeah. la tarjeta or yeah. I don't know, whatever. Yeah. Here's my Amico card. Yeah, back when you had a gas card. Right. The Amico card. Yeah. And I don't know if you remember the Amico card used to come with a book of coupons. Oh, that I don't remember. Oh, we use those coupons. They had Pizza Hut and Godfather's Pizza coupons. Godfather. Does they still exist? Godfather's Pizza? No. Hmm. We would have had it recently. <laughs> No, no, but maybe they don't have it here, but maybe they had it somewhere else. You know? No, no. So, something that premiered this week that I wanted to bring up, um, I think our listeners would enjoy. Um, and I know you probably enjoy. Okay. Have you heard, um, I don't think you've probably seen it, but heard of the documentary that came out this week about Abercrombie and Fitch? I keep wanting to watch it. Okay. I keep passing by it, and I'm like, I want to watch it. I want to watch it. But so far, the only thing it's done is given me the biggest desire to buy Fierce. Okay. So, 
one of the reasons I wanted to bring it up is because it's topical. Um, but <clears throat> to your credit, you have always been an Abercrombie hater. Yeah, I was never. I mean, you you even, were even when I bought some shirts, right? You actually, actually, I think most of my shirts are hand me downs. Are from uh, from me? From you? Yeah, yeah, I can think of like four or five shirts that I gave you that I still have. I think one or two of them. Yeah, yeah, because you were. I mean, I remember you were an Abercrombie hater. Yep. So, so anyway, so so you you were always on them. I knew. You knew. I didn't know, but I knew. So listeners, I will say I really like fierce though. The smell, the yeah. cologne. I love it. I love it. I love it. Like I. Can I still buy it? Somewhere? Yeah, no, Abercrombie's still around. Okay, good. I'll, okay. They closed the one in Dateline, but the one in Aventura is still open. Oh, okay. Um, so, listeners, uh, this week uh, a Netflix? documentary on Netflix came out called White Hot, which is called it's called White Hot: The Rise and Fall of Abercrombie and Fitch. And you know, it, a lot of times when these documentaries come out, like I I love me a good documentary, but you have to always proceed with caution right. because documentaries as we know can be extremely skewed well they have a narrative right but i i didn't know i saw a lot of people posting about it mm -hmm. but i didn't know the real content of the documentary okay right um i didn't know what it was going to be centered on again i had, I had seen people post about it mm -hmm. but I, I i hadn't read any comments i didn't know they were doing a documentary right. so i just saw a couple of 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 the repost of the ad of the, okay. of yeah, the yeah, cover yeah. Uh, of the documentary and then because i shopped so many years at abercrombie and fitch i had an interest in it so i watched right. it so and then you remembered new kids on the block had a bunch of hits right right and chinese food really does right. make me it makes sick. you sick yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> actually that comes out on the documentary oh, it does? Yeah, of course of course <laughs> well, How a documentary yeah. about abercrombie yeah. and fitch yeah. not not mention so it talks about the history of the company which the company had been around since like 1860 really yes Abercrombie and Fitch opened up as a like a sporting sun-dried goods sundry store. sundries. Yeah, sundries? there's no such thing as a sun-dried good. What are sundries? Like I just think about like it's a sunblock. No, sundries and I'm probably going to get this completely wrong, but sundries I think are like things that you take with you to go camping and Can things you like edit that. that out? I just like totally discredited myself. <laughs> no, I think it's great. <laughs> Whatever I said, Cahoon Burger. Exactly. Um. Anyway. Anyways. <laughs> so, so it talked about like the history of Abercrombie and Fitch right. and blah 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 blah. So, so then it was sort of like a dead brand. Okay. So then the president of Abercrombie and Fitch, and we're talking about now. Um, when this was like what mid to late nineties. Of uh, what. The, the, like when it kind of turned around or or when they figured it's a dead brand, let's do something with it. Yes, it was this guy um, called uh, the when they did the turnaround, it was uh, Mike Jeffries. He, okay. he turned around Abercrombie and Fitch in like the late 80s, right? Mm -hmm. When he started putting clothes. You know what a sun, what sundries are? What? This is the literal definition. Various items not important enough to be mentioned individually. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> That's the definition of it? Yes. So I was wrong too. <laughs> Say that again? So sundry, which is the, the singular of sundries, is various items not important enough to be mentioned individually. So an example, 
a drugstore selling magazines, newspapers, and sundries. What are the sundries? Everything else. It, it could be <laughs> cough drops and... It's a prettier way of saying et cetera. Yeah, et cetera, <laughs> right. So anyway, so this guy, Mike Jeffries, takes a hold of Abercrombie & Fitch in the late 80s, early 90s, and turns it into what we ended up okay. knowing. And um, he was a really eccentric character and all that. What was interesting, which... Again, it's all these things. It's all these things that now, looking at it retrospectively, retrospectively, it was always there. It's just that again, you, you didn't know it was systematic, right? right, right. At least to this level, mm-hmm. right? Um, so basically, he wanted Abercrombie and Fitch to be an elite, exclusive brand okay, that enough. you can aspire to, which so all it, brands want to be. That yes, but he specifically wanted it to be about like what you said, wasps, like. Upper class, like Ivy League, like white kids. Oh, okay. Right? Um, And he he very much was of the opinion that the brand was not for everybody and everybody should not be wearing the brand. Like, yeah. Wow. Like, this was the company mantra. This wasn't like... Yeah, that's one of those things that you, you don't say it out loud. Right, this, was but, a, this wasn't like a de facto situation. Right. This was like the company mantra. He said the quiet part out loud. Right. <laughs> so basically what happened, and now in retrospect, it all makes sense, right? right? So the image of Abercrombie and Fitch was of a white male, like yeah. blonde, white, all-American male. Oh, total corn fed, yeah. And what I always found interesting was that I always thought we all know that the imagery of Abercrombie and Fitch in its peak was like very homoerotic. Oh, oh my god, totally! Like the the catalogs of Abercrombie and Fitch could have had been, no clothes, uh, right? <laughs> they had no clothes, but they could have been at like a gay coffee shop, right? Oh yeah, or bookstore, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I always found that a little odd, curious, <laughs> curious, and I'll tell you why because. The store was for men and women, for for guys and girls, right? right? Generally, generally, they have more images of just women in general because even when it's uh, for both sexes, right? Demographically, women shop more and are more into fashion and all that. So I always found it kind of like, Hmm. hmm, I wonder why, like, and 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 it wasn't like fifty one forty nine male. It was like. 75% 75% male and well, every hello, now and then. But you would walk by the average Abercrombie and they would literally have like a shirtless guy. Yeah. Standing th- outside that comes spraying out of the documentary. you with the thing. And then they, uh, they they also said that their stores, which again, when I watched the documentary, I'm like, oh my God, yes. Their stores, all the windows were always covered. Yeah. And and it just had a picture of like the naked guy at the entrance. Right. Well, the most conservative of the right. pictures. Right, right. in the entrance. And then... In the stores inside were dark yeah. with blasting music. But the reason they did that was because of exclusivity. Not everybody like belongs here. We right? don't want you to see so inside. It was, right. So it was a bit intimidating to go into Abercrombie in a certain huh. way. And then this is where it gets really interesting. So they wanted the people that worked there to be, again, white and blonde. And have that all-American look. Oh, that's why it's called white hot. Yes. So, so, and also white hot. The, the you know when a business is white hot. <laughs> no, no, no. But I think it's a double play. But yeah, it's a double entendre. And and then also, so they talked about how other people 
like whether it was uh, you know black employees or like Filipino employees mm. or like Latin employees, anybody that wasn't white <laughs> and, and blonde, uh-huh. they would employ them, but they wouldn't give them. They would give them night shifts or have them work in the stock room. What the hell did they do in Miami? And you know what? I'll tell you what they did in Miami, and I have a I have a story for you. The Abercrombie and Fitch in in Dadeland. Again, okay. I know this because I used to That's, go to yeah, Abercrombie yeah, yeah. and Fitch all the time. When you would go into the Abercrombie and Fitch in Dadeland, you'd be like, "Well, this is not the demographic of Miami of the people that live here." You know why? <laughs> because they were all UM students. There you go. And then it all started to make sense to me because I have two examples. When I was working in Big Law. Mm-hmm. And so this was like over 10, 12 years ago. When right, I was right, working right. In, in big law, I had a colleague of mine that she was also an attorney that she was Indian American. Mm-hmm. Gorgeous girl. Gorgeous. Um, and she had worked in Abercrombie and Fitch in um, during college. Mm-hmm. And I remember that she told me something like that. And this was like 12 years ago. That she's like, yeah, I started working in Abercrombie and Fitch and they never put me in the register. They would always put me in the back room folding clothes. Because, you know, I don't know, because I was a brown girl. Like, But I remember when she told me, she kind of said it like kind of in passing. Kind of like... Like a joke almost. So yeah, like, oh, you know, I don't yeah. know. Maybe because I was a brown girl. Might right. be a gorgeous girl. And... Yeah, and this uh, chick wasn't good enough right, to be in front. Right. Yeah. So I thought about her. And then, you know who else I thought about? A very good friend of ours, her spouse, worked at Abercrombie and Fitch for many years. And he's a little bit browner. And he worked in the stock room. Do you remember when he worked in Abercrombie and Fitch? I had totally forgotten until right now. He did. He worked for many years at Abercrombie and Fitch. And I remember that he would have to... I remember that he would always be wearing their clothes... I because, had b- totally because he he had to you know you have to we have to we have to wear, have to wear right whenever you work so for I remember you know he's never really been into fashion that I remember that when he would be wearing Abercrombie stuff I'm like oh I really like those sandals or oh right, I really right, like right, that right, shirt right. because he worked for a few years and he would work the night shift he would restock the the room or whatever and I'm like huh I'm like look at that <laughs> look at not that. only is it true because you're showing it to me but now I have but I personal have two examples people, two people that I know that that fell in. Um, and then it was like really messed up because they got into trouble with this because what would happen is that like different people would go around different scouts would go around the country to the Abercrombie stores and they would tell the managers you need to put the white blonde people to work here. There's too much oh, so diversity corporate, here. Corporate yes, that's would, why. That's why I tell you this wasn't a de facto situation where just. Coincidentally, it the white that way, the right? white kids were applying and getting the jobs. Right. You know, no, like this was the company policy. This was totally like systematic. So corporate was like, it's too totally dark systematic. in the front, right? It's too dark in the front. You need to whiten this up, right? And then the problem was that then these managers were like, I had to tell these kids, right? Like, th- not you are not could, doing a bad job right, because the thing is that they wouldn't fire them. They just wouldn't give them hours. So you would quit, right? So you would quit, right? And then you know. The in the documentary, a few of the managers would be like, I would have to face these kids and right. tell them, oh, I didn't schedule you this week and come up with some lie when I knew that it was corporate who right. was telling me to put them, not to give them yeah, hours get rid of them, yeah. or give them the graveyard, graveyard right. shift. So it was totally systematic. So what I found really interesting was that then they get called out on it and they actually get sued. 
and they they're like, okay, no, no, we're gonna change this. How was it found out? Just like well, because a lot of empl- a lot of um, people started talking, right? And then <laughs> they were saying that because this was before social media really took off. True, right? This was in the earlier two thousands. True, um, people didn't have a platform to like share their similar stories. Because they were like, this was happening everywhere. It's just that you didn't have the, the tools and the platforms that we have now to be like, hey, this is happening here. Right. Oh, but it's also happening here and here and here. Right. So um, they sued. So then yeah. they... There was no West Elm Caleb. Right. So, <laughs> so they're like, okay, okay, we're going to diversify Abercrombie and Fitch. Huh. They brought in uh, this uh, guy who's black that he's like the diversity and expert in, in, inclusion you know, expert yeah. and all that. So now they started hiring more people of color that run the gamut, you know, from African-American to Latin to Filipino to, you know, Asian Pacific, whatever. But it didn't stop there because now, now, okay, now they were hiring different types of people, but they all had to be attractive and thin. (laughs) And then Mike Jeffries... Mike Jeffrey gives this interview. Oh, so Mike Jeffries is still in charge at this point. Well, not now. No, no, but, no, no. no, no yes, but even after this. Right, right, right. So he gives an interview to, I think, Salon.com or yeah, Salon yeah, yeah. Magazine, where he was like, yeah, Abercrombie & Fitch is an elite brand, and we don't want like the fat people wearing our clothing. Oh, and and yeah. Again, you said the quiet part out loud. Guy. No, exactly. Like, like, he like, said it like, full blown in an interview. Like, but when that interview is published, it didn't get any traction. Really? And then years later, this guy found it online, and he did this like whole petition, and then that's when everything blew over. And he because social to, media was bigger, right? And he had to leave. This was like now like 2013, 2014. Okay, right when when the guy found it, and it all and then the interview at that point was like six years old. Okay, and then that's when everything flipped over for Abercrombie. Um, but I just. It's not surprising looking up at it retrospectively. But it's surprising how just blatant they were about it. That is the part. Again. Because look, there's a certain inf- inherent understanding for better, worse, right, wrong. When it comes to retailers and fashion that, you know, up until maybe let's say the last five years or so when we started to be more about body positivity and diversity, that it was going to be, you know, like you said, at the ver- best case scenario... Yes, everybody's invited as long as you're skinny and pretty. Right. You know what I mean? Because it was fashion and that's what fashion was and blah, blah, blah. But you wouldn't say it. Right. You know what I mean? It was just kind of, we all know this is happening. No, this was unapologetic. He was but, unapologetically. Right. He was just like, no. Like, no, no. No. No, you got to be white and pretty to wear our clothing. That's who we want of our customers. Because he wanted yeah, he, was, the- he was the fashion version of, you know, of the, you know, with the, like on Grinder, you know, no fat, no fats, no femmes, no Asians. Right. He <laughs> was, he was like, this was like an exclusive club. It was like a fraternity. Right, right, and um, which naked. is just a stupid, which is just a stupid business approach. Because I mean, I feel, I mean, you don't well, have to be a business. I mean, obviously, you want your 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 brand your brand to kind of be aspirational. Yes, and but you don't have to be, breeds that in a way, right? But you don't have to be a racist, right? That's son what of I'm saying. That, that's what I'm that. saying. Like, there's a way to cultivate, like, you know, the lady in the uh, waiting at, at room, the, right? At the, the, the getting her CPAP, yeah, you know. Por eso que tiene problemas de respiración. Um, and then just a bunch of stuff come out in the show uh, in the thing. It's, um, is it a, a? Is it a? It's a documentary, and it has. It's not a series. It's not a mini series. No, it's, it's, it's just a, doc- a documentary. Okay. And then the the um, photographer 
who was responsible for all those years of ads. The catalogs. Uh, the catalogs. His name is Bruce Weber. Like he's oh, come under name. he's come under fire too because a lot of the models now are saying that he would like harass them and mm-hmm. they would um like he'd be like hey come over to my house for dinner and make advances and like this one model that they interviewed for the documentary he's like oh you know he called me over to come over to his house for dinner and i was like i'm not going to your house for dinner and like the <laughs> next day you know i was sent home and my contract with them ended and oh, wow. terminated so now there's also allegations of that See, and del, whatever they'll convertible casting sofa yes so it's incredible that such a huge company at a time and store like all of this was going on and again they weren't hiding it right but but it when I watched it, everything made sense. I was like, wow. Wow. Like, the two people that I know that worked at Abercrombie that, you know, right. weren't white and blonde. Right. They, they were in the back. They told me this. And they told me this years ago. Like, it wasn't like now they came out with it. And I'm like, oh, but yeah, no. Like, they told me right. this years ago. And, like, this was happening. Like, it, w- it was shocking to me, but it wasn't shocking to me, you know? With that said, it's good to have confirmation. With that said, I drank the Abercrombie juice, be- Kool Aid, because I loved their clothes. You really did. I did. I still do. I still have all my clothes from Abercrombie because their clothes are actually good quality. It is. Yeah. And their muscle tees. Are and I a actually great fit. wasn't into the graphic tees because they get, they actually got in trouble for the graphic tees. They had like very derogatory. Well, it's because of the graphic tees that I got you know felt up by Thalia. Oh yes, the squeeze me one. Squeeze that was me. from yes, Abercrombie. Right. I just I love their plaid shirts. I love their jeans. I still have their underwear. Um, I still wear their underwear. Really? I I do. I, I I love the well because that's the aesthetic that I like. I like that. No, no. I'm just surprised that the underwear is like still well because viable. I still I still have clothes from there that I bought in the last few years. Oh, okay. In the last few. <laughs> yeah, no. I didn't stop shopping at Abercrombie twenty years ago. Oh, like, okay, okay, okay. Oh, okay, 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 um, okay, okay. That's the aesthetic that I like. Yeah, that's I kind of like that rustic, kind of plaid, worn out aesthetic. Yeah, you know? like people who would go to a cabin but don't. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's why you know what's my favorite store. What's my favorite store? Well, I mean, when I think of you, I think of The Gap. Of course, The Gap. I mean, The Gap is not as rustic as Abercrombie, but it's... It's more prep. Yeah, it's more prep, but it's, you know, that's the type of look that I like. Um, But yeah, like, watch it. Like, listeners, watch it. I will watch it while wearing one of my Abercrombie muscle tees that you gave me. It's white hot. It's... (laughs) and, And no, and they were talking on how... That's why you would enjoy the documentary. How they would make, they would spray the cologne everywhere. Yes, and I'm, I'm like, you'd walk by the store outside. I, ha- I have a a candle from Bath and Body Works that's, I think it's mahogany and teak wood. That, that smells, is my favorite. That's because it smells like the cologne. That from is my favorite. That is the one that I always buy. Yeah, because it smells like that. It smells like fierce. I love, <laughs> like I love that smell. So I'm like, okay, we can't hate on that. No, no, you know. La colonia no tiene la culpa. And you know what was also really interesting? That, again, my, my co-worker, uh, back in Big Law, she would tell me, and they said it, and, and, and this is one of the things I remember her telling me the most, um, and they say it in the documentary, that the people out front, you know, the white and blonde people in the front of the right. store, they really weren't there to help you. <laughs> no, they were there to draw you in. Right. And, and even when you were in there, like, they weren't very helpful, like... Oh, can you get this size from here? No, they would just either open up the dressing room for you or they'd ring you up. Right. 
or you know they'd be stocking stuff on on the shelves but they weren't there to help you right right and and i remember she would tell me that she's like yeah like people there they're not supposed to really help the customer so it's like why are you there <laughs> so it's just like it all like came full circle for me so, yeah. it's so funny you say that now i just i got a total flashback years ago i was at not abercrombie i was at a diesel store on on the beach and I'll never forget. This was like a good 10, 15, 20 years ago. So, okay, I was a lot thinner, younger, you know. I'll never forget. I asked this one kid, the one kid that was working at the diesel store. It's a, it's a little twink. I was like, yeah, hi, do you have these in like a size 33? And he looked at me like I had just asked him, you know, like to bring me a size 3,000 right. as, as, as something came out of my neck. He was probably a size 26, 28. Maybe. Right. Maybe. I just had that flashback. It's like, you know what? Fuck you, person at Diesel. <laughs> Shit, make me feel bad about 33. Oh, 33. So, yeah, the story of Abercrombie. What's your favorite retailer? <laughs> Listeners, <laughs> chime in. What's your favorite retailer? Mine I used to King. love structure. <laughs> well, in its heyday. Yeah. And then Express for a while after that. I haven't been to Express in a while. Same. Because, well, I don't really go to the mall, so... Okay, millennial. No, 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 no. But I just don't go to the mall, and 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 I, for the last two years I've been working I just at home. Feel that, I don't have like, clothes to wear. That Express now for men, listeners. What's your favorite retailer? As I said, <laughs> I feel that Express for men right now. It's either work clothes or clubbing clothes. <laughs> that's true, right? So true. if you're not working in the office and you're not going clubbing, <laughs> we're not for you. <laughs> I mean, they have some stuff or whatever. I'm sure they I, have I, I like. I go fans. every now and then inside Express or one in Westland Mall in Hialeah, mm-hmm. and um, I mean, they have like nice stuff they do, here and there. The thing with Express is that they have like nice things that's not expensive. Like you know, right. it's nice clothing, right. or something like that. But right, but it's like bank. yeah, right. I'm not working in an, like an office that I have to wear this now. Right, and I'm not going clubbing. So, well, when I go clubbing, I go clubbing in just jeans and a t-shirt. So. Right, but but I feel that Express is like nice clubbing clothes. No, no, right. That's what I'm saying. But even when I do go clubbing, I'm just right. going in jeans and jeans. Right, no, but there's some clubs or bars that you go to that are more casual. No, right. I'm not going to 11. Right. No, I feel that back in the day, this would have been like, let's see, Express would have been uh, like some club in the Grove. Like Oxygen? Yeah, like that type of. Okay. Yeah, that type of. But structure, what I actually miss from structures are underwear. They had really good underwear. They really did. They They're did, the they boxer did. briefs. Yeah, they didn't they didn't translate into express. No. They left that behind. <laughs> they were in such a they were in such a rush at Express they didn't take the underwear. My favorite retailer is Kmart. <laughs> you know there's only three Kmart's Kmart's left, and one of them is actually down the street. In the in Kendall. No. Three Kmart's left in, in the world. In the world? Yeah. Well, in the United States. The world. Really? Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, I, I think two of them were in Florida. I didn't know we had gotten to that point. Yeah. I've gone to the Kmart here, which is not far from my house. I've gone several times with Tristan, and I've taken pictures of him in there because I want him to remember it because <laughs> it's not going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a matter of when, not if. Right, it's not going to make it. <laughs> yeah. So I want him to remember Kmart because Kmart was such a big part of you know my yeah. life of People our age yeah. of our lives. You don't you don't want to make the same mistake as you know with Sears. Well, I've the Sears and International Mall before it closed. I took Tristan there several times too, and I have it photographed all over the store. I think the one in the Gables is still open. The one in the Gables is still open. There's more Sears left, not a lot, but there's more, there's more than three. Um, but yeah, I've taken it because Kmart. I mean, 
Kmart in the 80s and even 90s was like I remember when we used to go to Kmart just to have Little Caesars pizza. Yeah. Yeah. And the slushy. Yeah. Have I already told you my story about the slushy? So listeners, those of you who grew up going to K- they, uh, uh, Kmart, there's some listeners or listeners that we have that are like 23, 24. We're like, what's a Kmart? So they're like, <laughs> what? Uh, but for those of you who are older, um, you remember when you would walk into Kmart, they would have the icy with a white polar bear? Yes. So... My aspirational okay. moment was to get an icy, the red icy, right? Because um, that's the one that they yeah. had in like the machines spinning yeah. around. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, my parents, like growing up, I don't know if it's because my parents didn't have a lot of money or whatever. My parents never got me anything I wanted. <laughs> like, like I wasn't the type that I'd go to the store. I'm like, I don't want this. And they'll be like, oh, yeah. Well, I never got things. Right. No, I didn't get an icy. Right, like I like that wasn't my. That's something. That, no, okay. Esa, my parents. Esa was sucia. Okay, my parents. When growing up, when we went to McDonald's, my parents wouldn't get me a Happy Meal. No, no, they'd get me like a cheeseburger, a cheeseburger. Oh yeah, no, I had like all the toys from. The right, Happy Meal. I I I I had because I remember my that my grandmother when she would go to McDonald's okay. she would get me a the Happy Meal. But my parents were like, no, 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 no. Don't you remember when the Happy Meal in the eighties came out with like the crayons? No. They came out with the Crayola crayons, and then you could you could draw the the Happy Meal. You could color. I have vague recollection of that. Anyway, um, so finally, finally, holy tanto that I'm like I want the slushy. Every time we would go to Kmart, I want the slushy. I want the slushy. Finally, my parents got me the slushy, and they got me the wrong one. They got me the Coke slushy. Which is brown. I wanted the red one. Okay, wait. Is this, in a weird way, the origin story of the Publix cake? I had never thought about it that way, but yes. <laughs> okay, because what happened is... Okay, remember the Kmart in Coral Way? The yeah, one of course, we always, yeah. Remember when you would walk in? The, the Right in front of you was like the little snack bar. Yeah. yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. That had the slushy with the, the polar bear. The polar bear, right. With he, the was white, wearing, he was wearing a red sweater, right? With the white and blue yeah. uh, cup, right? And then there was this huge, like... Um, advertisement of this of a slushy that was right. spinning. It was, it was called that, icy. That think, yeah. that it was your red, your traditional, yeah, your red it was one. strawberry. That is the one that I wanted. Right. And then uh, you know, every time I go, mama, I don't want it. You get a slushy, no, mama, you get a slushy, no. So cuesta muy caro, mama, you get a slushy, no. Entonces no te lo vas a comer. It was always something. Ah, pero el, el tipo que vendía churros in the white truck in the front. <gasps> oh, I loved his churros. They would always buy his churros, right? Because they liked churros. But no, <laughs> little Darian, little Darian, little Ariancito wanted the slushy. No, we could never get the slushy. Then finally. One day, with much fanfare, I remember it was my father. He's like, mira, te compramos el slushy or el icy, whatever it was called. And I'm like, but it's brown. It's the Coke one. But I wanted the red one, which is huge. Do you remember how big it was? And it was, it was. spinning. Yeah. It was like, I don't know, six feet tall. Like It was, it was a person. It was enormous. Yeah. And I'm like, but, but, but I wanted the red one. <laughs> And they've, the brown one. and they've never gotten your order right since. Never. never. <laughs> no, and you know what I think is inter- like, again, I, I love that it's an origin story. So let me ask you something. Okay. Anybody that knows me, what is my favorite type of cheese? Blue. Of course. 
<laughs> right? <laughs> like, I think that that like, is... Notice how quickly I answer. Right. That is right. like dairy and blue cheese. Right. Quintessential, right? yeah. Right. Not too long ago, I was here making a salad. This was maybe, I don't know, three, four months ago. And I was putting blue cheese crumbles. And my dad's like, Ay, como tú le pones blue cheese a eso... Queso es, uh, and I'm like, bueno, a mí me gusta. He's like, ¿y desde cuándo a ti te gusta blue cheese? And I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, do I even engage? <laughs> like, I can top that. I'm like, do I even engage? Like, do I even say, I've always liked blue cheese. It's my favorite cheese since I could walk. I can top that. Every single time that they make, you know, camarones <clears throat> or something at my parents' house. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, my mother will never, she'll, she'll give me chicken or whatever, right? Because... We're still not sure if I'm allergic to shellfish or not, right. but whatever. For the longest time, You're not taking your chance, right? To this dairy time, my father is like, "You don't eat shrimp." <laughs> Maybe that's why I don't come for the paella. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, and I always tell him, "I'm like, I'm in my 40s, and I keep telling you this, and like, how, like, I don't understand why you don't register, yeah. and it's not even a matter of like, I don't like the taste. It's like this could kill me, right? Like, you should know this. <laughs> no, 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 no. You don't eat shrimp." No, you don't eat shrimp. I bet it's like, why don't they do that blue cheese? I'm like, since I was born. Like, <laughs> it I, was milk and blue I cheese. Was, I it. remember being like seven years old, a little kid, and like eating blue cheese dressing by the spoonful because I loved it. You know, and now, you know, you go to my refrigerator and have four different wedges of different blue cheeses. You do have a lot of blue cheese. I love blue Options. cheese. I put blue cheese on everything. I love blue cheese. If you know me, what, I always tell you, what am I? I'm the Yankees. Cruises. Uh, cru- cruise liners, cruise liners, ocean liners, ocean liners. Mariah Carey, stadiums, stadiums, ballparks, James Bond, James Bond, uh, architecture, and blue cheese. Right. That's I'm very easy. And the gap, and the gap. Yeah, you get me anything, and you're fine. That's why, like, I always tell people, like, when I hear people tell me, "Oh, you're so hard to shop for," I'm like, I'm actually very easy to shop for if you know me, right? But again, I feel that the things that I like. Let me rephrase that: if you are paying attention. Right, but it's hard not to pay attention because the things that I like are very fundamental to who I am and my personality. You're not secretive about your likes I'm and dislikes. I'm not secretive about right, it. Hence, right. I have four wedges of blue right. cheese. It, that's why you walk in to my house and I have my library. And on the one side, I have like displayed four huge books on the Olympics. Right. And on the other side, I have displayed like four huge books on ballparks and the Yankees. Like... This is not hard. And in the middle, I have like five box sets of James Bond. Like, it's 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 in plain sight, people. It's true. <laughs> you can't get more plain sight than that. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, all this talk of blue cheese has made me thirsty. Oh, yeah? Is it that time again? It is that time. So, do you want to go first? No, or? you go first. All right. So, I actually... I was actually going back and forth. I was like, oh, I don't know who to give it to. Maybe I don't know. Um... I'm going to give it to the state of Maryland. Maryland? <laughs> yes. As in Baltimore. <laughs> yes. Maryland. But, and not only because, you know, they are home of the most famous Wretched concert. Um, that never happened. That never happened. Well, no, the concert happened. They just didn't get to go. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, I'm giving it to Maryland because uh, recently, I mean, recently, I mean, like last month, actually. They announced that they will no longer require a four-year degree for thousands of state jobs. 
Mm-hmm. Um, they're officially dropping the four-year college degree requirement. It's the first in the nation. They basically are rolling it back because they've got so many government positions that were left vacant that, I mean, there's more than 300 state jobs that just don't require four-year degrees and are currently open and posted. So, um, you know, many times we we may have mentioned this, you know, on the show where, you know, you talk about like, oh, you know, you got to go to college and this and that. And yeah, you, if you want to go, go. And, and I, I, I encourage it just because... I'm a nerd and you're a nerd as well. But I'm so also aware of the fact that sometimes when you're looking at job postings, you'll see that it's like, you know, oh, entry level position requires, you know, a master's degree, 17 years of experience. Right. And, all these other, and it's like, coño, really? So I like the fact that Marilyn has basically said, look, these are jobs that. Competitive salary starting at $35,000. Right. You know, and you have to have like 75 years of experience. Like, but I, I, I applaud Marilyn for saying, you know what, we need to fill these positions, and there are people out there who are probably qualified, who are probably have some type of experience that makes sense. Why are we just going to hang on to this four-year requirement that has been demonstrated you don't need it to do most jobs? Look, quite frankly, I'll be quite honest with y'all. I have my four-year degree. I don't necessarily think that I need it to do my job. Because a lot of it comes from experience. A lot of it is on-the-job training. So, you know what? Kudos, Maryland. And maybe one day we'll go see the wretched. Out of Maryland. In Baltimore. In Baltimore. Maryland. Maryland. <laughs> Wait, where are we going to go have donuts? In Wilmington, Delaware. Wilmington, Delaware. And if you get that reference, listeners, you're, that's why you listen to us. That is why you listen to us. Um, um, I'll keep it short and simple. Uh, we were talking about it before we started recording. I will give my last soda to James Corden, who announced this week that next year he will be leaving The Late Late Show. Um, I love James Corden. It's like, who's going to do carpool karaoke now? Oh, yeah. I'll do some new shtick. I know, but it's carpool. No, because, like, look, one of the funniest things I think that, like, of late night television was Jay Leno's headlines. That's gone. Yeah. I mean, once the host leaves. Right. And jaywalking. True. That's gone. So, I mean, these are things that die off when the host moves Yeah, and, on. I, th- and I think with James Corden, he's so inherently from a musical right. place. And, and that is, the carpool karaoke is so much his shtick yeah. that I can't imagine somebody else doing it. No, whoever comes in to host, it'll be a completely new setup. Yeah, so, you know, he... Um, it's a seventh season, so it was like it went by so fast. Yeah, it's not a lot in, in the grand scheme of late night. So he will be missed. I really like James Corden. Um, I, I think he's hilarious. Yeah. It's, you know, it's a different type of humor than the other, than like the Jimmies and all that. Though I like the Jimmies. But that's what he brings to the table. Right. So, you know, a soda for him for yes. for the laughs. So All right. So, well... That was that was a fun 201. That was a fun 201. We hope everybody listened, laughed, and learned. And as always, remember to grab your uh, croqueta, your pastelito, and your cafecito. And thank you so much for joining us. Have a great weekend, everyone. Cuídense, mi gente. Bye. Bye. Pero Let Me Tell You is co-hosted by Darian Borges and Ismaeliano. Produced by Ismaeliano. And our theme, Pero Let Me Tell You Freestyle, is composed by Michael Angelo Lomlaplex the official gay guy and don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes if you're looking for plump lips that last you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 